0: So it says, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. So there's a fair bit here about Jesus, but it's also leaving a lot out. Like,
1: this is his obituary? (laughs)
0: <laughs> nice
1: but it leaves out his teachings
2: yes yeah. there's, there's, there's that there's <laughs> that
0: Welcome to episode 112 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend's Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and Brian Burkoff, yours truly, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand and you can help support us by becoming a supporter on patreon
2: that's patreon.com pt lots of levels you can get engaged on and after a certain level you get access to some extended interviews that we do with special guests uh, our first interview is up we're working on another one that should be dropping in a week or two um thank you to all our current Patreons: Derek, Joe, Julia, Paula, Sean. Again, second week without adding new Patreons. Please, folks, it's the holidays. Come on, show a little, uh, show a little generosity, a little Christmas cheer. Help keep this, help keep this train rolling. Yeah. I am not too proud to beg, so that's what I'm doing. Patreon.com/PTlive to show some support, and you can also show some support by joining our conversations on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media using the hashtag PTlive follow at pub theology and check out other things like video clips facebook igtv i've been a little slow on getting those up because they changed their whole like uh editing formats and requirements and that's the whole thing but i'm gonna catch up and you can also leave us a voicemail 980 pt live 0 or 980 785 4830 shoot us an email info theology.com ask us questions comments whatever you want to do and we want to take some time to give a little shout out to some international listeners we realize we have from the UK, from Norway, Belgium, Spain, and all the way on the other side, Australia. So all Ooh. you guys who are listening, downloading, we love you. Thank you very much. And keep on listening. Keep having the conversations.
0: Fantastic. And uh, speaking of Patreon, we did just have our second uh, extended form interview with Carol Howard Merritt on her Advent devotional, I Am Marian, fantastic interview and uh, available only to our Patreon uh, subscribers. Well, today we discussed the Apostles' Creed, which has been given some attention in recent days following the funeral of former President George H.W. Bush. Uh, And at that funeral, uh, our current president seemingly refused to join those gathered in uh, reciting the creed. And so people have reacted, responded to that, but we want to review it ourselves and give our thoughts on this central creed of the Christian faith, what we agree with, disagree with, what we would tweak, add, um, or maybe subtract. And back with us on the show to discuss the matter is Keisha McKenzie. She is a communications consultant and director of digital strategy at Auburn Seminary. Welcome back to the show, Keisha.
1: Hi there, guys. How are you doing?
0: We are doing good. Uh, we,
2: we we covered a little more extensively what you actually do in the in the pre-show. So those of you who are just listening to the audio, check out the video for that. But 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 in a nutshell, like in the you know the the three-second elevator pitch. What do you do, actually?
1: I make mischief in New York with people of faith.
2: Well, there you go. Perfect. Well, well said. Perfect. Thank perfect. You. Perfect.
0: Well um, said. And we usually share what we're uh, drinking. So Keisha, we'll, we'll defer to you. I think you already flashed on screen. What what are you drinking?
1: Yeah, it is a vitamin water power C, which I know is probably not even water and is more likely <laughs> soda without the bubbles, but I like it.
0: Nice. To
2: each, to each their own. Um,
1: <laughs> I am, oh, I'm, okay, I'm, what you I'm, got?
2: I'm rocking the same thing I did last week. It's eggnog season. Ah. Um so eggnog. Eggnog. like a honkin big glass of eggnog too. Look at this thing, it's as big as my head. Uh eggnog with some Captain Morgan spiced rum. Um I didn't add the I didn't add the Glenn Levitt this week, Brian. I don't oh. need to get all upset again. So just just some rumnog. Rum nog rum just, today. Just some rum.
0: Good. How how much of that is nog and how much of that is rum? That's a large glass. You know what?
2: We we don't need those kind of details. But I <laughs> I I I think the listeners will know by before the end of the show what the ratio was. Wow. Um, well, I would say I would say I'd say this might this might be a quarter rum on to wow yeah. yeah there was a, yeah there was that much rum before he started pouring in the eggnog.
0: All right, so. well, Keisha and I will try to hold it together for everyone else. Thank you. Yeah, business as usual. Yeah, so I am drinking a uh, Shorts Brewing Exterior. Illumination. This is uh, an American sour ale with um, American sour ale with with ale with cranberry, black currants, and Northern Michigan blue spruce tips. So Ooh. kind of a a, a sour yeah. is unusual in the winter, but this one has a holiday take.
2: Yeah, yeah. I go. I my my my, my palate for sours is so fickle. Like. You know, it'll be you know, springtime or something, and I like fruity drinks, and I'll 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 go into sours, and then about four or five of them and I'm like, you know
0: what, I, I think I'm done. And, and then there's uh, a know, reddish glow, right? You can see the cranberry yeah. coloring. Yeah, that looks that looks tasty. I might I might have to look into getting try and try and train that myself. How, how's it taste? Very nice, very nice. So uh to kick things off if there were one uh christmas song that you could ban from being played on the radio which which would it be I and mean, i know there's a lot of contenders <laughs> well you know it's funny you
2: you you bring up this question because y- y- a lot of stations this year i think for the first time are officially banning the um baby it's cold outside because of the you know we are we are in the me too era and and listening with these contemporary ears for for a few years people have been that that sound is just like a date rape song um and so radio stations are officially banning it although you know recently there was a a post which i shared on my page about um the and and this will apply i think later as we talk about the apostles creed the context and a lot of the 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 phrasing and the words that are used um kind of reflect more of a context of the 40s and it's really uh a a a woman standing in her feminist power uh so there's there's a lot of interesting twists on this song now so
0: you know so i i thought that that that. one might come up let's assume that one is being banned so if if there were one other one um think about that ogan but in the meantime keisha what which song would you ban, other than the one already mentioned?
1: The little drummer boy can go.
0: <laughs> wow! Really? Wow! No hesitation, okay. man.
1: Nah, <laughs> <laughs> it can go.
0: Okay, now see, I I don't that one usually doesn't come up in conversations about banning a song. That's very interesting. Sure, share a little more around your feelings. Why does that sound? Um...
1: I think also inspired by um, the parents in my social network who are like who who loves a child and their parents would send a drummer boy to the manger.
2: <laughs> right? That is true. That's Fair pretty enough. much
1: it.: Fair
2: <laughs> that, 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 that is true. And it kind of really doesn't make sense when you think about it. Like you know the, 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 the whole the shepherds make sense, even though the wise men weren't at the birth, even though, and we put them in the nativity scene, mm-hmm. they'll kind of understand it makes sense. But all of a sudden a kid rolls in playing a drum, like <laughs> what? Why? Where did he come from? I understand that I understand that totally. Uh, the song not so much that I would ban, but one I've been really trying to avoid um, i'm playing I'm playing Wamageddon. you all are familiar with the Whamageddon thing. Mm-hmm. How long can you get through the holidays without listening to the original version of wham of of wham sound last Christmas? Um, so I've been doing my best to avoid uh, remakes, I think uh, according to certain rules, remakes are loud, um, but the original. Last Christmas by Wham. Um trying to avoid it. And I I was I'm actually out two days ago because two days ago um I was listening to one of my other favorite podcasts and they go in and out for commercials with musical bits and they played that one and it it blindsided me.
0: Oh, you were hit. I was I was whammed. You were whammed. I was whammed. Man. How about you? What's on your list, Brian? I think it'd either be um so this is Christmas or simply having a wonderful Christmas time, which I actually don't mind either song, but they're, they are so ubiquitous. They don't stop playing them that I begin to despise them, (laughs) even though on their own merits, like if I heard it once a Christmas season, I'd be like, Oh, you know, I kind of like that song, but because it's so much, I think it'd have to be one of those two, but I can't decide which one.
1: I don't think I know the first one.
0: Um, so This Is Christmas, this What Have You Done, Christmas. Another Year.
2: What have you done, another year. is in that Paul McCartney too? I think so. So maybe it's just Paul McCartney. You got <laughs> Maybe it's just any Christmas song by Paul McCartney. <laughs> you know, and let's be clear, let's be clear, his song right in after the Beatles c- kind of went a little, you know, downhill. You know, and I don't right mind it, Paul. But...
1: That was but Before my time. That's
2: all. <laughs> Um, A couple of, a couple of our, um, a couple of our uh, folks waiting on social media. We got blue Christmas. Uh, Jennifer shared that one. Um, Judy shared all I want for Christmas is a hippopotamus. I am not familiar with that number,
0: but. I learned that one last year and it does get overplayed. Or I mean. We got another. It's annoying. I should say.
2: I don't know that I've heard it. Uh, Joel also in with last Christmas. I'm with you there, buddy. Uh Jason on Twitter, Last Christmas by Wham, see? Yeah. That song, man. This
0: I probably Christmas would have echoed that, you covered the Wham.
2: There you go. And uh I there's not a f- uh flat wait on Twitter. I love these Twitter handles. Flat cap sand mild. Okay. Um says away in a manger. Let's let's get mm-hmm. rid of that.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I gotta admit, I was not a great fan of that song until I heard Sounds of Blackness, the gospel the gospel band the choir. They did a version of it and
0: okay. I'm I'm back in.
1: I'll check it out after we get off this.
2: Sounds oh. of Blackness.
0: Oh wait a minute. Not, yeah. now, did you mention Sheila on Facebook said Oh Little Town of Bethlehem? Isn't that just kind of like a classic Christmas song? Like,
1: Yeah, um I, I, I think I think any hymn that's sung badly is a problem. <laughs>
0: True. nice well played. good good one good one that's why i try to refrain from singing <laughs> all right, So right let, let's jump in here um so you know a lot was made of of this uh at the funeral of uh, the former president recently when you know former presidents and first ladies are all reciting uh the apostle's creed along with the congregation which was uh part of the funeral service and uh, current president, President Trump uh, had his program at his side and was looking down and his lips weren't moving. So it seemed like either he didn't want to recite it, he didn't want to read it. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what his issue was, but people made a big deal. Like, well, maybe he's just a non-creedal Christian. Um, who knows, right? Uh, maybe he's a, you guys he's have a-, non, a t- non, Non-Christian non Christian, I don't know about creedal was he bored? And like, is this over yet? I don't even know what's happening. I don't know that this is in the program and I don't have it memorized. So I'm not going to say it. What's your take on what happened there before we get into the creed proper? Go ahead, Keisha. What do you think?
1: I don't care. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I think there's, there's this pattern that we've fallen into over the last two years where every Every public appearance of 45 becomes two weeks of analysis and I don't care that much. I think there are um, there are ways that the discussion about whether he's a Christian is germane to Christians um, whether he observes values that christians could agree are worthy that's a totally separate question whether there was a creed in the program booklet that he could have read if he bothered i don't know i don't know this creed by wrote um my tradition didn't center it we didn't feature it we are a non-creedal tradition seventh
2: day i was going to say and, what's your tradition again
1: yeah i was i was raised seventh-day adventist and, okay. and that in, in that church They do not consider any of the historic creeds to be binding, Um, like we have a couple of major um, quotations from church founders going as hard as the first step of apostasy is to get up a creed telling us what we shall believe. The second Mm -hmm. is to make that creed a test of fellowship. The third is to try members by that creed. The fourth is to denounce as heretics, those who do not believe that creed, and fifth, to commence persecution against such. So, a fairly... Hmm. Whoa. Um, did,
0: did you opinion. just call it a non-creedal tradition, and then all of a sudden we're at, like, threat level yep. <laughs> orange, De- DEFCON yeah, 4, so all is, of a sudden? These
1: are, these are the criticisms of church founders of creedal traditions, because many of them came out of those.
2: I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize the Adventists were so like you know badass rebellious jeez
1: once upon a time yes <laughs> but the, these days having made friends with fundamentalists we've kind of shifted away from from that
2: ah.
1: um but still like it's still part of the heritage right. so um my first encounter with a statement like the Apostles' Creed was visiting a friend at their Catholic Church mm-hmm. and then it got to the line about the universal Catholic Church was a or the Holy Catholic Church, and i was like, what? I'm not a Catholic, so it was a little bit of education that I had to put myself through. But I, c- I can imagine, I can imagine a very charitable interpretation of Mr. Trump as not having had exposure to such texts, and yet he has a staff that's paid fairly well and right. you know responsible for informing him of protocol and such.
2: Well, I. I'm kind of with you in the not caring. It didn't really phase me when I saw it until I saw all the flack after the fact of people making a big deal about it. I didn't notice it when it was happening and it did look like it was something that was printed in the, in the program because other people were holding it and, and, and appeared to be reading it at the time it was being cited. But the reason it didn't phase me and I, and I posted it on Facebook, which kind of unleashed a whole thing of people responding um, was was the fact that that yeah I don't I don't say it when I'm in other churches that recite it as well um, on other occasions because as I shared I I tend to be um, if I'm making a statement or an affirmation of faith I, I I'm gonna say the one that truly reflects what I believe not one that um, you know, just for the convenience of being in the location. Now, mm-hmm. I don't for one half second think was Trump think that Trump was trying to make some kind of like theological stance here. I think he was just being his usual, you know, asinine curmudgeon self. Um, so, but at the same point in time, I'm like, well, even if he wasn't, you know, and and he didn't want to say, uh, uh, you know, creed or statement of faith. He's got a right to. I think. I think that's ostensibly what freedom of religion allows us—the right to participate or not participate any way um, that that we want. So, so you know, it's yeah. like I'll give him a pass for this one. We got we got much bigger issues to worry about in terms of decisions that he makes. You, you know, we'll we'll give him a pass. And you know, my friends, some of my friends who. Will not give him a pass for anything at all. We're not really happy. I said that
0: <laughs> yeah and i i can, I can see your take um for sure, and we certainly have much bigger issues to worry about um i I did grow up in a in a strongly creedal church, and we would recite the Apostles' Creed every Sunday evening in the evening service and then maybe quarterly in the morning service, so I was very familiar with it. We had to memorize it um And, you know, I think uh, part of the uh, pushback on Trump was that he claims to be Presbyterian, which is similar to the tradition I was raised in, which is a very creedal um, tradition. And uh, the Apostles' Creed is one of those core creeds that Presbyterians know. Um, And so, you know, there's been a lot of questions about what he claims to be versus what he is. And I feel like for many folks, this was just one more, like, is he just this on the surface to get the vote of, of conservatives, of evangelicals, of Presbyterians? But then, you know, here we are at a funeral. And even if you don't believe it, shouldn't out of respect, you join with the congregation of what's happening in the service? I don't know. I, I might even if I don't believe it all. Um, and maybe that's not the correct thing to do. So I, I don't know. But we have much bigger things to worry about than whether he says a few words at a funeral service I get that, but it's I think for me it's that if you claim to be X and then you seem to be disinterested in participating in what people who belong to X do, how genuine are you in claiming that identity? but
1: it, it makes uh, me wonder if if any Presbyterians have have like claimed him and, <laughs> right and, 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 and if so, like that would be the community of accountability for him.
0: yeah yes for but, sure you know, it,
2: it, it this would be this would be good to talk to shannon when she gets back because shannon shannon's presbyterian right i hope yep. i hope i'm right about that are um, no, you correct <laughs> <laughs> we've only been doing this podcast with her for how long <laughs>
0: long enough to be pretty sure um, she's presbyterian
2: but 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 to really get that sense of where the creed you know how much how much it weighs in terms of when you say what you you know when you recite it when you say it how much import and relevance is given to it like you know how many other traditions recite the lord's prayer and teach the lord's prayer but like at some point it's become such a rote repetition that you know you can recite the lord's prayer while making your grocery list in your mind at the same time um you, you know i grew up i grew up pretty much mostly in a in an evangelical type setting but um for many years i went to an anglican school um, where a school was affiliated with an anglican church and once a week we had we had the catechism and once a week you know we all straped into the church and the priest was there giving us lessons from the new testament and we were we were asked to you know, memorize and recite the Apostles' Creed. Um, and and it was, it was, I remember it being less uh, uh, a statement of, I'm saying this because I believe it, versus, you know, it's just a thing we do. Um, and as I went through my various phases of like, you know, you know, spiritual crisis and all different things, you know, I get to the point where I realize, like, I say these things, do I really believe them? What parts of them do I believe? Do I throw the whole thing out? How do I break it down? Which led to another fascinating post I made where I gave a breakdown line by line of, of, what, of, of what I believe in relation to each line of the Apostles' Creed, which I think has now led to, like I don't know, a 300-comment reply from, from various people. I exaggerate, but wow. it's. I said to my daughter, I said to my daughter, I don't get this much attention unless I post a picture with you. So this is, this is good stuff that I'm stirring up controversy here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think
2: that was the thread that I saw. Yeah, that's when Keisha came up the woodwork and <laughs> was kind of like, you know, she's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm getting me some of this action." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so you know, in in the tradition I grew up in, uh, which specifically was the Christian Reformed Church of North America, I, I was on their website earlier, um, and. They, um, on their website, say, the bulk of what we believe uh, we hold in common with the Christian church around the world and throughout the ages. And they note the Apostles' Creed, along with the Nicene and Athanasian Creed, um, summarize the most important tenets of our faith. And I sort of grew up with that sense that, you know, the Apostles' Creed represents the historic Christian faith. And yeah, there are different, you know, Methodists, Baptists, Catholic so on and so forth, but if you're a Christian, you believe the Apostles' Creed. I grew up with that mentality. I'm not saying I believe that now, but I'm saying right. that's what I grew up with that mentality, and it was really seen as a core, you know, we'd have Pledge of Allegiance in school, which was, a, you know, committing to our country, and then at church, we'd have the Apostles' Creed, which was kind of here's what we believe about God, Jesus, and and so forth. Um, But I now, you know, hold things a little bit differently and belong to uh, the UCC, the United Church of Christ, which is a little bit more uh, broad and it will list the Apostles' Creed. And and rebellious. Yeah, and rebellious. You know, it'll list the Apostles' Creed as something that has historically shaped us, but they don't uh, require anyone to hold to any certain creed. So it's more loose and open than what I grew up with, which is more comfortable for me now but i still have a ton of friends and family who this is core and so i think it is and i'm certainly listeners so i think it's worth us jumping into a little bit
2: yeah and 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 part of why my belief has shifted about it so much is is as we read through it we'll see a lot of a lot of its content is 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 built on an acceptance of the bible being correct <laughs> like like there's 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 stuff in here that is 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 biblical and if you assume that the, the the bible is the inerrant word of god then this makes a whole lot of sense but but if you if you step away from that basic assumption which you know is an which is an issue for a lot of people then a lot of this stuff kind of like falls away but you know so let's Let's go through it. I think I think that's what we're doing now. We're we're going through it a little bit.
0: Let's go through it. All go right. through it. Uh, Apostles' Creed starts off: "I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth." So let's start there. And Keisha, first first thoughts about that sort of opening line about God the Father?
1: I like God the Father. There you go. It's not like the only mental image of God that I use, but mm-hmm. I like it but you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and and this is probably gonna be my refrain all the way through the analysis, the textual analysis, line by line reading. Um, I think that many of these images, um, books have been written and could be written about each of them. Yeah. Uh, Mm And both as, um, both in terms of how they developed and the specific wording and all the wars that resulted from the specific wording, but also the ways that the images um, can evoke a vision of God and a, a model for a human relationship that can be really kind of cool. So thinking about divinity as parenthood and divinity as source of everything it's a pretty cool way to start about what you think ultimate reality is. Because parenting can be caring, it can be provision, it can be, um, all sorts of things. Then it can also be like really terrible for some people.
2: Yeah. So
1: like considering the entailments behind a lot of these metaphors, and I I see them as metaphors as an English major and not necessarily as fact statements. Um, but it's more about how does this claim about ultimate reality inform the way I live? For me, that's the value in a creed to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the is is the text on the page um does it have enough fences around it? I don't that's not my interest in it. My interest is how does the text leave the page with me and then impact the world I live in.
0: Love it. Yeah. Well good. Ogan, your well, take on, well on the said. opening lines here. Um
2: so I think I think metaphors the the metaphor that as as God in that parenting context, I think it works really well if you had a good relationship with your parents. <laughs> you, you know, if for for those who who may not have this this doesn't work. Um I don't I don't think. For me personally Um, I, I tend to, to step away from any metaphor that tries to, uh, um, paint God in any sort of, of human caricature, if you Uh, will. Um, so even father, mother, like, you know, I understand that, you know, when, when, when Jesus used the word Abba, when he spoke of God. He was, he was not necessarily saying, you know, this is my like paternal figure, but, but, but more and more of an intimate type relationship, you know, deep relationship that, that, that can, can happen between father and and, and son um, on a, on a very heart based level. Um, I understand that. But for me, if I, if I am aligning myself, which I do with an understanding of, of God as, also, as Keisha said, uh, source, but but really just also presence, um, not not a not not a, a a being with thoughts and feelings like we as humans do. If I'm aligning with that, then when I start using words that convey that human sense like father or mother or whatever th- then for me there's a disconnect there mm-hmm. so so I'm not a fan of of the, the father thing I, I do like what also Jesus said you know God is spirit so worship in spirit and for me spirit is transcending all sorts of human qualities or qualms both good and bad the constraints and limitations of humanity
0: so and that's coming you're jumping ahead no you right but, yeah
2: Oh, okay. Well, not not the Holy Spirit, just Spirit in general. Well, okay. I mean, all right. I won't jump ahead. Fair enough. I won't. I won't. I won't jump ahead. And and for the Creator part, Creator of heaven and earth. Right. Again, for me, it's God. God is the very, you know, act of creation itself. The creation itself happening which is a nuanced thing but again sometimes when we use words like creator in our minds we we come up with maker designer there's this object subject relationship of you know one who creates and for me it's uh it's it's not you know as as genesis describes it so well god created and created the animals created the heaven and earth. But but the very the 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 very um um process of the creation happening and the creative force inside of everything and desire to live and 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 reproduce and all of that, that that is that is God for me.
0: Yeah, and that's an important distinction, and thanks for naming that. That's very helpful. Yeah, I I too uh, appreciate the the parental uh picture uh here in this uh but i would expand it uh father and mother uh, if i were to you know tweak this i would say god um our father and mother and then the word almighty i wrestle with because i'm not sure i do believe god is all powerful uh because that i feel like i've seen enough in my life and there's enough happening in the world where if god is all powerful it means god could make things just so, and God has chosen not to, which means God is good with allowing all sorts of untold suffering to happen. And you could say, well, God has chosen to disconnect from all of that uh, and and given us free will and let us do whatever happens. And that's, you know, uh, okay, but we still end up in a weird place. Um, So Mm -hmm. either we have a God who is all powerful and has chosen to disengage or God isn't all powerful, but is still engaged. And I think I'm more, wanting to believe that God is engaged in the creation, um, but is not in a place to just make it however God wants it to be. Uh, So I would take that word almighty out and maybe make it all goodness um, or all love. Um, And I don't mind the creator language either, because I think God is the source of all that is, and I'm still okay with the subject-object distinction, though that's blurring for me, Uh, but. (laughs) Still holding him. I'm bringing that. him over. Still, I'm bringing, I'm bringing him over to the dark side. Slowly, You're working on
2: I'm it. Wearing him down.
1: <laughs> I mean, if if we go by the the words as written, I think I like that they don't talk about creation, but they talk about creator. And to me, mm-hmm. like that, that points to a way in which creation is still being created. Like mm-hmm. we're still in the process of being made. Yeah. Um, yes. And I I, I like that. Um, that sense of unfinishedness because it implies a way in which as part of this world and as people of conscience and morality we we get to be involved in the shaping and we're not just acted on and i, I, I like I, I feel like that's important for people who um as you say brian see so much of what is going wrong and and are t- tempted and also um inspired both by religion and by secular politics to disengage.
0: Nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, then it goes on, um, sort of an early Trinitarian framework here. So we've got God the Father. Now it says, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord. And there's a few uh, lines about Jesus, but let's just start with this line. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord. You, you, you wanna take this one, Keisha? <laughs> I'm
1: phoning a friend,
2: okay? <laughs> <laughs> phoning a friend. Oh man. Um so so um so m- m- the issue with this is not that I believe in Jesus Christ, but the his only son, our Lord. That's that's where I take issue. Um I I, I no longer subscribe to um and and this will also play in later with the whole, you know. Virgin Mary conceived Holy Spirit, blah blah blah. But not to jump ahead. <laughs> yeah, but but do I do do I believe do I believe in the personage of Jesus? Yes, yes, I do. For however that may look, um, but I believe we are all sons and daughters of God in 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 the framework of the the the, the divine nature okay. that we attribute to Jesus you know we ourselves possess as well um in in the unity context this denomination i belong to in in unity we see jesus not as the great exception but the great example that we're all imbued with that same divinity and when we live from that like jesus demonstrated um you you know we 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 ourselves are, are are sons sons of god um and as for the Excuse me, or Lord, to your point, Brian. Yes, this 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 setting up this almost like the trinitarian concept of you know God, Father, and Holy Spirit, um, which again, I kind of take issue with because yeah. you know this this is this is not a this concept of the Trinity, not a biblical proposition. This is something you know later 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 on some church leaders fathers um the name's escape me but i'll look it up uh came up with it's a concept that was argued about from the beginning like people some saying yes some saying no it it i believe this idea of the of of seeing you know god jesus later the holy spirit in scripture and um it it human interpretation a human construct of let's plot these three together they seem like they seem like some really powerful characters here, like, you know, they're all working in tandem with each other. They they must be elements of the same. Which is okay to believe, but I'm saying, you know, but 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 if a human being, if, if one priest, if one church leader is gonna come up with this concept, that's his understanding, that's his interpretation, that's that's how he reads the scripture. Um, and the other people who weren't reading it that way. They're just their interpretation can be just as valid as well. And then we, when we learn about like the political machinations that went on behind the scenes to get that adopted versus the other things, I'm like, well, you know, uh, I, I don't feel any allegiance
0: to it. Other interpretations can be just as valid, but people would say, but then you call people something else, not a Christian. I'm just well, saying,
1: yeah, for but many people, why they wars and persecutions. If it's you're not like, a
0: Trinitarian, you're not a Christian. Many would say,
1: ooh, with with the big stick. Um, so, like, I feel like um, embedded in that line is the the English language conflation of Jesus and Christ. Yes, and using the Christ as if it's a surname for Jesus, which is not the function. Right. And like to to think about, um, I love Ogun's point on all of humankind being. Hmm, You mentioned divine nature, but you also mentioned being children of, of God, which is another of those metaphors, right. which is, which is really interesting, but, but useful in the sense that if you start from the foundation, that all people share essential nature with each other, then you, you don't have as easy of a time committing things like genocide. Right. And, and, de- and defining certain kinds of humans out of humanity
2: and i probably so I, shouldn't I, I, I probably shouldn't use the word children um mm-hmm. i'm just using it in this context cuz he said it right. once but if i'm throwing right. out father and mother i also need to throw out children as well and what right. i what i use more now is saying we are the embodiment of god mm-hmm. not children of but the embodiment of ah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
0: because right cuz cuz children uh, implies parent
1: yeah yeah but then like i think i think there's still room in this in, even in your reinterpretations of those metaphors, I think there's still room to save a concept of kinship. Yes, if it's not family, and even if not parent-child, but some some concept of how do you describe uh, communal relationships between people who may who who do have genetic connection, like we all do.
2: Third cousins um, twice removed.
1: Exactly. Like we're all <laughs> we're all family in that fundamental biological sense. Okay. But but then what about how do, what are the languages that we have for describing social relationships? And how, if at all, can Christians as a specific spiritual community kind of develop a language that doesn't take us to just default to family um, patterns, but think about things that enable us to be humane to each other, to, to exercise compassion and empathy and care and service. And all the things that I think the people who developed this statement ultimately wanted for, for church folks. But how can our metaphors about kinship help us to get there? I, and for many I, people, that is, that is invoking family.
2: I, I think I'm going to give a shout out to y'all saw the movie Dogma um, a few years back.
1: I need uh, More it. than a few. Please,
2: please, please please do it uh, where George Carlin plays an excellent Catholic priest, but um, their, their new Brandon was, was buddy Jesus. And it was, you know, Jesus giving you, you know, fingers, buddy Jesus. He says, Jesus is our buddy. When Jesus is our buddy, you know, we look out for our buddies sometimes even more than we look out for family. So that that may be the thing we're looking for. There we
0: go. Yeah. uh, Hmm. Well, I appreciate all that you guys have said here. Um, And yeah, it is one of those things. um, You know, we we talked about the Trinity and I'm reading on this uh, website of uh, this creedal denomination. It says a quick look at the structure of the Apostles' Creed reveals one of the bedrock truths of the Christian faith, the Trinity. But I think less and less today, people are willing to say that that is a you're in or you're out sort of belief um, necessity to be a Christian. I think people are realizing, as Ogan said, that the even the historic Christian faith is wider than that. And it didn't begin with that assumption. It was, as Ogan said, people reading back into scripture, that word never occurs in scripture, but people reading back, oh, look, we have this moment where Jesus is baptized and a voice from heaven is this, Is God the Father and then this dove-like figure is the spirit and so we have this Trinitarian moment uh, where all three are kind of there in one place but yet they're all the same but of course if you press that metaphor it it becomes uh, unwieldy and and really uh, difficult Um, you've all seen the uh, meme where Jesus is is praying like in the garden and says dear God it's me you yeah you know, it's and, Ogun, uh, you know, it, yeah. Go ahead, Ogan.
2: I was going to say also check out uh um, videos by uh, the video account uh, Mister Deity on YouTube.
1: <laughs> I love Mister Deity. Yes. I haven't seen him in a while.
2: One one of his older videos Classic. was him him and Jesus, aka Jesse, um, <laughs> right, trying trying to break down trying to trying to make sense of the Trinity. Um, yes you know and i am you and you and me and you and me impregnated the teen and it it was just it was you know in many in many ways it kind of yeah it was awkward but hilarious you know highlighted the uh the 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 difficulty of understanding kind of this concept which which to this day people struggle with and not just like lay people we are talking about clergy Mm -hmm. struggle with this concept of of the trinity and what it what it what it really means and again falling back on that assumption of, you know, believing that because it's in the Bible, a it is true happen, and therefore this is what it means or implies.
0: Yeah. And, you know, some people hold yeah, scripture. I, I mean... Go ahead, Keisha. No, go
1: ahead.
0: I was going to say some people hold scripture as sort of one for our source of what we can know about God. And then the Apostles Creed is like 1A or is like one of the lenses through which we read scripture. So, You know we often take our theology and read the bible through the through the glasses or the lens of our our theological beliefs and then we're ready to find what we already believe in the bible but if we took those glasses off and read the scriptures as best we can which is always limited on their own terms we'll discover "Ah, that's not so clear as we like to think it is
1: yeah and i I think there's i i can imagine a lot of people who would Describe these creeds as the cliff notes for the Christian Bible. Yeah. And if, if I were to write the cliff notes as the Christian Bible, it wouldn't be in this form. <laughs> because I don't I don't think that these are the primary uh, elements of value in the Christian tradition. But this is what the folks in whichever century did, and so that's what we're working with today. But I mean, I think. Summarizing a really complex and multi-voiced uh, faith tradition in however many lines, 1012 12, yeah. is hard work. Yes. So I, I honor that, but it also involves editorial choices. Yes. About what to prioritize and what to omit.
2: An elevator pitch before elevators. Gotta give him gotta give him a little credit.
0: <laughs> true enough. True enough. So um yeah, I'll just yeah. briefly respond here and then we can keep going. But um so with all that said about the Trinity, I, I would say that there is still something about the idea of God being in community and God in relationship and embodying connection that is powerful. And um so I I you know. As much as I have issues and trouble with it, there is there is beauty in it, and if we hold it at the level of mystery and metaphor, uh, I'm okay having that as a concept in my orbit of beliefs. Even if I realize that if I press it, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna go a little sideways. Um, so, uh, in terms of this line, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, I would probably echo what you guys said—that conflating the historic Jesus with title Christ is problematic and there's a lot there that's missed I'd agree with Ogan that saying Jesus is God's only son also uh, limits uh, God's appearance or God's presence in all people Um, and I I would affirm what he said there but let's go through some of the next lines and I'll just hit like um, the rest of the commentary on Jesus which is a good chunk so it says I believe in Jesus Christ God's only son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the de- He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He will come to judge the living and the dead. So there's a fair bit here about Jesus, but uh, it's also leaving a lot out about Jesus. So so give us your thoughts on that, either one of you like is this is his obituary
2: <laughs> nice
1: but it leaves out his teachings
2: yes yeah there's there's, there's that <laughs> um uh like like i shared on facebook the, the the only real part of that that i uh will say yeah yeah happened is true that i can align with is yeah he was crucified and he died and they buried him um Uh, you know, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Again, the idea of, of, of divine parentage through, through a human being, that demigod status, very, a very popular theme in in ancient cultures and mythologies. Um, So there's that Uh, born of the Virgin Mary again, you know, only one way to make a baby last I checked. Um, um, You know, I, I actually said this in church on Sunday, um you know i i think a lot of a lot of these writings were trying to save jesus and trying to clean up you know his life and origins mm. you know it, you know after the fact we have this man who came and gave us these teachings and basically upended what we how we how we think about god and and our jewish tradition uh, and, and we and we we want to laud him but it's a little complication we can't laud this man who's you know, mom had a baby out of wedlock. Like, that's that's not what we subscribe to. So, you know, hey, let's, let's maybe say he was born divinely. I mean, I don't know what what, what happened there. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe Mary and Joseph can wait till wed night, got things going early, you
0: know. And also, don't you think it's an attempt uh, to uh, compare Jesus uh, to the claims of the emperor at the time, right? The Roman emperor... Yeah claim mm-hmm. to be uh, born of a Lord. virgin and a divine yes. personage. And so I think we see attempts in the gospels to compare yeah. Jesus to that.
2: Yeah, all the way to the founders of Rome, Romulus and Remus, the right. demigods as well. You, right. you know, so so that's a common theme. Uh, no, I don't believe in it, that Jesus or anyone was physically resurrected. Um, again, I think that's which, I mean, and that's another big thing, like pretty much Christianity rests Right. on more on that more so than than the birth uh, you know yeah. the the physical resurrection um so no i don't i don't i don't believe in the physical resurrection there's not much more you gotta say about that. <laughs>
0: So you'll, you'll hold a one line out of those like six or eight that we just read. Yeah.
2: Oh, and the sub and the suffered and the Pontius Pilate. But again, oh, yeah. with, with, with the asterisks yeah. of yes, Pilate was the governor of the region at that time, historically renowned cruel human being who thought nothing to put lots of people to death at yeah. once. Um, but the whole scene in the Bible about him and having the, you know, the tr- not the trial that that conversation with Pilate. Yeah, y- you know, most historians would say that likely didn't happen because Pilate would not have taken the time uh, to talk with this man. He would have just like signed off on the crucifixion and you know had his dessert. Like it wasn't it wasn't no hand washing. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, like,
1: see, uh, I like that scene.
2: Uh, it's it's a good scene, but you know, again. As you read about this, there's the thought that you know Pilate, uh, after the fact, was softened a little bit yeah. after you know um, after Christianity became the the religion of the empire. Um, and again, problematic. How can how can we ascribe to this thing when we put the man to death? So maybe you, and 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 it's recorded and there's facts about this. So you know, let's, let's just massage the story a little bit. Yeah. He put him to death, but it was reluctantly. And he, you know, he washed his hands and the whole thing. And it was really, you know, the Jewish authorities who were the masterminds behind this, let's lay the blame on them. So, you know,
0: great, great. soap opera
2: stuff going on. I love it.
0: Yeah. So, so Keisha, your initial reaction was it reads maybe like a very brief obituary, but it doesn't have one mention of Jesus teachings or really any of the rest of his life. Would you, Add anything else to your commentary on this section yeah so
1: I I, a couple years ago I made an effort at defining uh, not so much a creed but um, a commitment statement that I would feel comfortable living with and it involved things like gratitude for the body acknowledging connection with other human beings um, responsibility for the planet growing in grace like a commitment to continuous learning and spiritual development um, accepting community and, and those sorts of things that I think are reflected in the explicit teachings of Jesus. And I, I, I struggle with the idea that a religion that puts this figure at the center would not define itself in direct relationship to the things that he spent three years. teaching.
0: Reach. Yeah. I hear you.
2: You know, I, I, I I think in many ways it does, but somehow it just didn't make it into this creed. (laughs) I don't know if it does.
1: I don't, I don't know that it does either.
2: Um, for, so I or well, I I will say this, um, for me, when I think of Christianity and for many other people, when we say the word Christian, we are speaking about the life and teachings of Jesus. You know, there's a whole movement called the red letter Christians. We go by what Jesus said you know by extension the things that he did so i think some people do i think here we have um an organizational or even i would say the first corporate uh, mm-hmm. adaptation of christianity and you know when you're a corporation you got to come up with you got to come up with statements and creeds mm-hmm. and missions mm-hmm. and vision and all that kind of stuff and you know here, here we go let's focus on the important things the, the death, resurrection, and and the, the 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 pure virginal birth that basically is the testimony of his divinity. For me, this is more of a, a creed of Jesus' divinity, nothing else.
0: <laughs> yeah, and... Go ahead. and I, Go ahead. Well, I was going to no. say, you know, when we look at, as was noted, when this is coming out of um, the early... Uh, in the church's life and the church um, suddenly becomes the official religion of the Roman Empire, much easier to have a creed, which doesn't have any moral guidance or requirements whatsoever. So there's no room for self-critique, but it simply talks about um, this sort of uh, appearance of God in history and what it means about after we die. But it really doesn't tell us how we should live as moral beings or as humans in relationship to each other. So much easier to just adopt this religion and go about our business and keep, you know, doing the things we're doing without having to change course, and I, that's, think, I think there's
1: that, and and I think there's also, as Ogun's saying, like, this implicit relationship between the creed and the institutional church that's mentioned, like the Holy Catholic Church is mentioned. Right. But it sets up the, the things that the creed prioritizes, the things that the church, the institutional church, says it mediates, the things like, the communion and things like teaching you about what is needed to have your sins forgiven and um, mediating a particular understanding of who Jesus was and what was important about what He brought to the world and and keeping you a membership so that you can have access to life everlasting. I think there's a, an implicit role for the institutional corporate dot org church yes. that right. yes. is, is is shaping the way that this creed emphasizes. Both who Jesus was, and what Christianity
2: is, and yeah. uh, right, and and why you need to believe in him, and and the, in last, the way
1: that they, it says
2: exactly. And and um, my last piece of this is, you know, uh, hell, aka descended to the dead, and heaven. Uh, again, for me, these are these are states of consciousness, not afterlife locations, not not punishment, reward, uh, kinds kinds of things. Um, and and
1: I, I I do appreciate the lack of burning everlasting
2: torment, because that was not part of my tradition and I'm not trying
0: to keep it. There you go. Yeah. And that's a good point. The version I have here is he descended to the dead, but a lot of versions people know is he descended into hell. And there's this idea that Jesus went to hell and kind of right. did battle with the devil over, you know, the rights of human souls and all that jazz. And when you're playing that narrative, I mean, what are we even talking about anymore? But sorry, that's my little... Um, yeah yeah
2: um and 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 again any any good studying of the bible and the history around the bible you you see how this concept of both heaven and hell have evolved over 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 time as as you know they've pulled up stuff from um, or absorbed beliefs of of other religions and movements that they that you know the hebrews came into contact with um and and and, and stuff so and and my my that's all I'm going to say, because I, I want to be mindful of time. I
0: know, yeah. know she has uh, yeah. got some
2: time, so time I issues. W-
0: I would echo uh, that we need more about what Jesus taught in, in, in any kind mm-hmm. of creed that I'm going to center on. So we have this section about Jesus, and then it ends with mention of the Holy Spirit in the church, and I'll read that. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen reaction Why Don't you go, Keisha? Oh.
1: Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I did I, I alluded to some of this in my previous comment. I think yeah. that hmm, I would love to have an extended conversation with people who also identify as Christians about what life everlasting means. I don't mm. know that it means eternity in the casual way that we talk about eternity. I am interested in quality of life to people, not just longevity. And what's shaping that for me is uh, very literally my grandfather who is 104 years old and doing pretty well still for a 104 year old. Um, And there's a a way in which he has lived a really great quality of life in his century that some people who are my age haven't been able to live. And so like, when we just say about ages upon ages upon ages, what's more important is that we set up the conditions where people can thrive and flourish, no matter who they are, because we are in the same kin. We're kin. Um, And so when we talk about things that are in this particular statement that I accept as defined here because of what the institutional church has control over or claims control over, I want the institutional church to then take responsibility for ensuring that people who flow through its doors have access to quality of life. Mm-hmm. Life everlasting. Nice. And, uh, and I think that's a that's a step of responsibility that I think not all the churches equally accept. Like maybe they accept the authority to tell people what to do and the authority to receive people's tithes, but they don't really accept... My judgment. They don't really accept the authority or the responsibility for assuring material as well as psychological and, and spiritual well-being for people.
2: Shots fired! Shots fired! She's call, she's call Brian. She's calling us out, man. We're the well clergy. Said. She's calling us out.
0: Well said. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. That's...
1: In my last three minutes. <laughs>
2: She saved the best for life. It's a hit and run, is what's happening right now. Wow. She called us out, <laughs> almost us ask, and she's like, now I gotta go. Yeah, well, it took a turn. <laughs> you're, you're, you're you're absolute you're absolutely right about uh, about that. And I and it's interesting. I I I you know I I think I come down on the early church for creating a lot of these things, but, but in many ways, sometimes historically, when we look at early churches, especially early smaller community, local parishes and churches, that, that is what they did. They took care of the needs of the people. Um, And in, um, and in many ways, I think in some, some, some areas and contexts, there's, there's a, clear return to that, you know, and, and, I, and I look at churches now that become sanctuary churches and, and are really taking, taking that stand uh, yeah. in, in that way and different things. Um, so, you know, yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's a six-hour service in Amsterdam. I love yeah. it. I mean, six-week service.
0: Right. They're it's, conti- it's holding going. a continuous worship yeah. service so that they can legally protect people without a legal status in that country. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Or the, the image that's just come across uh, from yesterday where a group of clergy on National Human Rights, International Human Rights Day, went to the bor- U.S.-Mexico border and stood there toe-to-toe with uh, U.S. military to speak out on behalf of families who are fleeing violence and trying to get into this nation legally claiming asylum. I mean, a beautiful picture of the church standing uh, or people in between systems and against violence, and saying we need to make space for these people. And, mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: these are some of the people of faith that I make mischief with here. So some yes. of our folks are down there, and not just Christians, but Muslims and others of other traditions as well. Ex- exactly. And I, I think that that's the quality of responsibility and maturity that I I want to see from people of faith across the board. There,
2: there, there you go. We we the church got itself in trouble when
0: it became the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um the, the any final the, comment, Ogan? Uh well
2: the one piece I wanted to mention quickly, that statement about the Holy Catholic Church or the you know, oh, the yeah. Yeah, that for for some people when they see that word, they're thinking literally about, you know, the Catholic Church with the Pope and all of that. You know, the term Catholic means universal. So there's this idea about, you know, the 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 the, the wider church. Um, for, for me, the, the, the only issue I take with that is that it still implies that Christianity is a true church, and this is what we must believe in. Mm. And for me, I when it comes to God and belief in God and about God and in ourselves, I cast a much wider net. I, I use the metaphor of you know, the, the the blind mice feeling the elephant and trying to describe it. And they're all saying something different about what it is, and they're all wrong, but they're all right from their point of view and what they can can encounter. So so if you're gonna say, you know, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, then you gotta also include every other, you know, belief approach uh to to God as well. All will pastor leading there.
0: Yeah, I, I would <laughs> like it if it's that. John. What's that, Keisha?
1: I said,
2: except for Jim Jones' Kool Aid. Eh? Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're aberrations. They're always going to be aberrations along the way. Jim Jones, the cults. Uh, you know, the cults. Jim Jones, the Wacos. you know, even the, even the, with the, with the, the oh, who who were the anti gay folk in the Midwest? Uh,
1: Westboro.
2: The Westboro
0: Baptists, uh, yeah. Southern
1: Baptists.
2: I mean. You
0: know, Southern Baptists. Wow. Woo. <laughs> 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 Wow. I don't
1: know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, I I hear exactly what you're saying, Ogan, and I tend to agree. And yet, I wonder what is the place for calling for a circle of people who do hold to a wider tradition uh, together and that we are this together, followers of Jesus, however we want to identify or name that. And that it's okay Mm -hmm. to say that while also saying, I believe in the communion of humanity. And that yeah. I don't think we are the only circle that has access to God or has traditions worth preserving. So I, exactly. I want to be in that both and place of yes, I am a follower of Jesus, but I'm also in solidarity and learning from uh, fellow Muslims, Jews, uh, Buddhists, Hindu. Hindus, Rastrians,
2: even the even the pagans, the original, the original religion. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. So I think I think it's about believing in your car without believing it's the only car on the road
2: exactly although some people drive like that and we know who those people are
1: <laughs> it's not functional
2: no it's not <laughs> no it never ends well.
0: <laughs> well well man all right should we wrap we any any anything else to add guys yeah let's wrap up Keisha's keisha has gotta go
1: i gotta eat some food man
0: all yeah. right all right well um, you can jump off if you need to. I'm going to do our little wrap here, but it's up to you. You can you can hang out to the bitter end, or if I'll you hang oh, out for the wrap. All right, and, all right, and tell us tell us
2: quickly if people want to find you and what you do. Where where did they mm-hmm. find you online?
1: Well, so instead of saying that they can Google me for sure, but I would say go to Facebook and search for Christmas in Tornillo. It's one of the initiatives that some of our partners are doing at the, during the last week of the year to both creatively disrupt the camp for children migrants in Torneo, Texas. And so they're providing like uh, an opportunity for people who have the capacity to enter into resistance and occupy a space outside the camp walls, um, do service, learn together about migration in the US and the ways that as people of faith we can intervene. So search for Christmas in Torneo and, and uh, check that for more information
2: great Good way. awesome thank you
0: beautiful well thank you friends for tuning in to pub theology live you can of course connect and spread the word on social media you can listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher google play music or iTunes we'd love you to rate us over on iTunes You can catch uh, the full video of the episode on YouTube or some clips on IGTV or Facebook. And if you'd like to join a conversation like this in your town, uh, in fact, Keisha Ogan and I uh, in DC at some point or other uh, hung out at a bar over a beverage and having this kind of conversation, and these are happening all over the country, you can check out the official directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't find one on the map near you, uh, there are some resources to help you start your own. And don't forget to join our growing list of supporters at Patreon. Support us, uh, get exclusive content, and help us keep this show going. Visit pubtheology.com to get started. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
2: Thank you, Keisha.
1: You're welcome. I'm adding links to three opportunities that people can do, like action opportunities, instead what? of like my my Twitter or whatever. Awesome. So I'm putting Great. that in the in the in the Google Doc.
0: We'll pass okay. that along.
1: Thank
0: you. We'll do that. No, thank you. Fun and enjoyable and I think really this will be a gift to our listeners. We have a lot of people who are trying to sort out what do I believe and especially as it relates to sort of what I grew up with, often which contains the apostles' creed. So I think this was really good. So thank you. You're
2: welcome. Thin line between gift and curse. I just wanna say that. (laughs) (laughs) Some some might not appreciate it at all. Yeah, I I I
1: realize I I do
2: tend to fire hey. No, it's, 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 it's calling, calling, saying the truth, speaking the <laughs> truth. The truth is not always easy to hear. And sometimes we got to hear it. So, or at least hear another's truth to make us really consider our own. Because again, the whole thing about the creed is so many people say, take it for granted, believe it for granted,
0: and don't, don't do that kind of you know, personal breakdown. Mm-hmm. And some will people. listen to this show, and their response will be to pray for us, which we always want. <laughs> you applaud.
1: know, I'll take it. Yeah. I've been prayed for for the last decade.
2: So there you go. Exactly. Exactly. It was good to see you, my friend.
1: You too. I love you too.
2: Be well, right. Keisha. Take
1: care. Say hi to Joy for me.
2: I will do that. All Enjoy right. Later. Take care. All right. Bye bye.